Hello, everybody. Welcome back to um, Why Do I Care Pod. I'm your host, Zoe Favalora, and I'm so excited to announce that we have a guest, Phil Kellerman. So we're going to be talking about immigration and all of that kind of details and a very, very complex system, but we are going to try to break it down for you and say why you care. So without further ado, let's get started. Hi, Toby. Thank you for having me. Yes. Appreciate it very much. Yes, yes. All right. So um, a little bit, I, I have a little bio about you, um, and that is that Phil Kellerman has been a progressive grassroots activist for over 35 years, assisting migrant farm workers and other immigrants with basic human needs such as medical help, transportation, educational aid, and emergency financial aid. He was president of the former Harvest for Hope Foundation, which distributed $1.1 million in aid to migrant farm workers. So quite a resume you have there. Thank you so much for agreeing to join me on the pod and just hopping right into it. Do you want to just like start us off with the difference between legal and illegal immigration and kind of what's happening right now? I'd be glad to because there's so many misunderstandings about immigration. Uh, it's a very hot topic, a very complicated topic. So let's try to break it down. Um, there are individuals that are allowed to come to this country with permission. And there's about five or six various ways they can do that. They come from another country and they have a student visa. They can come here and study for a while. Of course, if they overstay their student visa, they could be deported. Um, number two would be a work visa. Somebody has permission to come work here. In particular, I've got a good friend from India who's on here on a work visa because he's filling jobs in high tech and we need workers in high tech. So he's on a work visa. Uh, we have a situation, of course, with many refugees from Afghanistan and Ukraine. These are political asylum refugees that are given protection by coming over here on a temporary basis. And in time, hopefully they can work on a path to citizenship. Uh, some countries like Germany, Toby, have a lottery system where somebody can apply. And the other way is an American citizen sponsoring somebody closely related to them that's from another country. So those are some of the, the legal paths to coming here with permission. Now, in contrast, there are folks that cannot get any permission to come over here. And let's look at countries like Central America, uh, which we don't have a relationship, for example, with Honduras or Guatemala. So if you're a poor farm worker from the mountains in Guatemala, and you want to come here, you just can't go to the consulate and get permission to come here. It's not gonna happen. So these individuals come here without papers, they're undocumented, and there's a whole host of issues around them being here undocumented. And right now, there's not a path to citizenship for these individuals. All right, so what would be some of the effects for, I, I, I wanna say everyday Americans, but, um, uh, people that immigrate are 100, they think Americans, and I'm not saying that they aren't, I don't want to kind of cast them aside, but for US born citizens, is there any real direct effect on us? Because the majority of listeners are American born citizens. Is there, is there any real effect? Because I know the GOP is trying to label it as a large negative effect. Is that true? Well, there's both sides to this issue. First of all, many immigrants fill jobs that Americans just will not do. And this is particularly true in agriculture. I've been to enough farms to know that those farms need 
need labor that are going to work in 92 degree weather picking fruits and vegetables. And they're not gonna get a lot of citizens to do that, especially with the kind of pay that they're going to get. Um, you can't attract American workers to do that farm work and be as productive. And how much would you have to pay an American citizen to pick blueberries, for example? Uh, so on one side, the immigrants definitely fill a job need. Now, I just read that immigrants, 50% of all startup businesses in this country are started by immigrants. Uh, so they make a large contribution to our economic system. There's no doubt about that. On the flip side, there are those that say, well, immigrants, uh, they hurt our economy. And, and there's two aspects of that, Toby, that I would agree with. Uh, one, if you are undocumented, you are still entitled to a free public education. Uh, that's a Supreme Court law. No child can be denied a free public education. So our tax dollars are going to educate undocumented children who've been brought over here. And I want to get to that issue just a second in terms of the DACA situation. And I certainly see it with our medical expenses. And I work for a foundation that helps folks that are on tube feeding. And we get undocumented immigrants who have left, let's say, Honduras. There's no medical services over there. The country is ravaged. And they come here and um, we taxpayers pick up the bill to provide medical services for them in many cases because they're not eligible for federal or state aid. So there's both sides to this argument. Um, interestingly, most folks don't realize that undocumented immigrants can pay taxes and the IRS will not report them to the Department of Homeland Security for deportation. Why? It's all about the money. So you can get a temporary or what's called an, uh, an ITN number from immigration, from, I'm sorry, from the IRS, and you can legally pay taxes. Now, the interesting part is that most of these undocumented immigrants are never going to see that Social Security money because either they've left or they're too afraid. So 3%, I get Social Security, for example, 3% of my Social Security are taxes that have been collected from undocumented immigrants that they'll never see. So. It, there's both sides to this argument. Yeah, so I guess you could say that uh, th it is benefiting, like it's good for almost everybody, right? Because you are getting the tax money that they will probably not use if they leave and they are fulfilling jobs that are helping the economy that many US born citizens don't necessarily want to do. Well, so immigration, immigration, I mean, that's what's built this country. I mean, who built the railroads? Um, uh, and, and so many other kind of industries. The issue we have right now is that we have millions and millions of individuals that have come here without permission. They're undocumented. And what do you do with them? Which brings me to the next subject, because you're in the age group in which there are a lot of students your age that were brought here when they were younger. Well, I'll take you, for example, let's say you were brought over from Guatemala at age five because your family needed to seek a better life. Well, you would not have permission to be here. Uh, you graduate high school because you're entitled to a free public education. Well, now you're trying to go to college. You're not eligible for most places, any federal or state aid, scholarship aid. And in some states, you're going to be charged out of state tuition, which is four times which cost. So it makes it very difficult for these youngsters who are now ready to move on and have graduated high school. So there is a program called the Deferred Action for Arrivals, Childhood Arrivals, DACA, in which a student your age who's from another country can get a two-year DACA card. It costs $500. Remember, there's a lot of fees involved in this. 
But what the DACA card does is it offers you protection from being deported, you are allowed to work, and you're allowed to get driver's licenses. So that's a big step and it allows several, I mean, probably 700,000 DACA students around the country, they're being protected by that. The issue right now, Toby, is there's no path for citizenship for these, for these students. So if they do get a job, maybe they can get their employer to sponsor them if they can prove to the government they can't find anybody else to do that work. But they're really what I call they're in limbo land. And, and right now, um, there's just very little discussion about immigration reform for many reasons. So um, I think now is a good time for a quick ad break. So we will be right back. And after that, we will talk a little about, about immigration reform and then kind of tie it all up with why do I care about immigration? Welcome back. Um, so now we're going to talk about immigration reform. So what can be done and how would this be done? And then how would this affect everybody's day-to-day -day life? Well, I think there was a proposal in Congress maybe about 15 years ago to address the issue, what do you do with people that have come here illegally? Do you offer them a path? And there were some proposals to make it a very difficult path, but at least a path. And what you would tell an undocumented individual is number one, they'd have to declare to the government that they came here illegally. Uh, they were gonna have to have background checks. Uh, there's going to be a fine. There's no doubt about it in my mind. The fine would be probably a thousand or two thousand dollars. Then they would be provided probably two five-year periods of protection, some kind of temporary um, card that would allow them to stay here without fear of being deportation, being deported. So after ten years, they're probably given a shot to go get a green card. That's permanent residency status. That's the one step next to getting citizenship. And altogether, it's probably going to be about a fifteen-year path to getting citizenship. That immigration reform, once Trump came into office, was just totally um, because it's become so political that 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 got halted. And then there was a proposal recently, a couple years ago, to allow the DACA kids to get on a path. Well, nothing's happened uh, because right now we've got the Ukrainian situation, the economy, COVID, and because immigration has become so political. Uh, that really nothing is nothing is happening. Um, my opinion, and I mentioned this when I talk to groups, I tell them, look, I'm going to separate the politics right now. Let's put the anti-immigrant and the pro-immigrant aside. In my opinion, in my experience, legal immigration and illegal immigration in this country is big business. It's big business. Remember the Indian friend I just referred to, who's on a when all is said and done he's going to wind up spending about $20,000 in immigration fees. Um, there's just a lot of money. There's just a lot of money with illegal immigration. For somebody to come across to this country uh, without papers, they're probably going to have to borrow $10,000 from somebody in their country who's been here and worked to pay the coyotes to come over here. Landlords will rent them um, a room in a double wide trailer for a couple hundred a month. Maybe there'll be seven people living there. He's making money. So one of the reasons I do think it just won't change and hasn't changed is because there's just too much money in the system. And the last proof of that is private prisons, Toby, 
they love undocumented individuals that are in detention mm. because better behaved than the regular criminal population. Plus our tax dollars go to house those individuals who are in detention waiting to be deported. So, yeah, I don't hold out much hope. <laughs> I'm trying to. <laughs> yes. So right. now the big question, the name of the podcast is why do I care? So why do you think the average American teenager should really care about immigration and all of these things? Is there like a quick explanation to kind of punch and drive this message home about why everyday teenage Americans should really care about this well, issue? I am sure that there are many who are listening that know a student in their school that's from another country and who struggled to get over here and is trying to make a better life for themselves and can become contributing members of society. So that's one reason to care. You might even be friends with one. Well, if you care, then you can fight for immigration reform. You can write your congressmen, your senators. You can set up a scholarship fund for that student to help them afford to go to college. Uh, I, I'm on a board of a foundation where we raise money to provide aid to immigrant students, the college. So there are groups out there that are advocating for immigrants and you can get involved with them and volunteer and march. And, and so there are a variety of ways in which you can be proactive. And um, I think what happens very often is that once people who are so-called anti-immigrant actually get to meet a student who has no papers, and sees what they've gone through and gets to know them personally, that really opens their eyes. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. And everybody that listens, a uh, reminder to go to the website, whydoicarepod.com, subscribe for the uh, newsletters. There's all my socials on there. You should subscribe to that. And um, this podcast is making progress. As you can see, we have a expert. Uh, we had an expert as a guest today and this podcast is just going up. So thanks for listening and have a great rest of your day. Thank you, Toby.